Blackman, the pro football Ireland, Michael McQuaid, Jason Hayes down in court there as well. Team Focus Podcast. Really, folks, thank you so much for the feedback. People have been DMing thanking us for going in the teams in detail well I'm, I'm delighted to go in and sort of look at the Chicago Bears today with Adam Johns who covers the Chicago Bears for the Athletic and he also co-hosts at the moment the Hodge and Johns podcast which Adam was charting in the top 70 podcasts in Ireland at the time of recording a warm welcome how are you doing really <laughs> I, I, I did not know that um glad to hear that maybe it's all my wife's family over there um got a lot of irish connections in this household so happy to join the podcast i grew up in this this neighborhood in chicago where jason michael my, my best friends had the last names of connell brosnan gallagher o'connor he her stanton i could go on and on and on bresnahan um just the the neighborhood is full of of you know irish americans and i grew up two blocks away from the the massive Irish American Heritage Center. So, uh, yeah, happy to join. I, I was literally going to jump in with that and ask you, do you have any heritage? I, I'll, I'll jump to this. Met a lot of people that flew over last year from, the, you know, obviously big Northwestern fans. They love their time in Dublin. Had a chance to go look at that facility. Um, have you ever had a chance to be over in Dublin yourself? Or I've been to Ireland twice. So I, I've been to, get this, when I was in eighth grade, I went with my my great my closest friend, Sean Gallagher, his family's from Bunkrana in Donegal. So I spent three weeks there as like an eighth grader. It was beyond me. And then um, my wife's family, like I'm like 25% Irish. My mother, my grandmother's last name is Gilbert. Um, but my wife's family, it was two or three years ago, about 75 of us went over there to, to Westport for a big reunion. So she's from Mayo. We flew in the Shannon. Went to Galway, stayed in Westport, then finished up in Dublin, two nights in Dublin, you know, did the whole Guinness factory and all that. So yeah, I've been at, I've been to Ireland twice for extended trips. My wife's family, I think she has second cousins over there, Turn McKady, who else? Castle Bar. They're they're from those towns uh in Gal or not Galway, Mayo, Mayo, right? Gotta get it Jason. right if they're here, if they're listening. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, you, you, so you've you've been to the north, the west, and the east of Ireland. We'll need to get you down south to Cork sometime, and then and then you're pretty much pretty yes. much well complete. Yeah, um, been, uh, I love the country. Got to go back. Got to bring my kids there. My my oldest son is asking to go over there with his grandma. Amazing. Um, so turning to the the Chicago Bears, um, coming off a three and fourteen season. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of work to do in the off-season after a season like that. Um, just very broadly, without going into too much detail um, just quite yet, what's the general sense around the team right now and um, <laughs> have they improved where they need to be, where they need to improve? Let, let's just say when the Bears finished the season with the first overall pick, Jason, there was um, celebration as opposed to <laughs> like hands in the face and sadness. I think a lot of Bears fans just saw it as a great opportunity to to change things to to actually invest around the quarterback in Justin Fields to use that draft capital and turn it into more draft capital more players not just one player in number 1 but several good players so yes they went 3 and 14 but i think that was the product of a team going over going through a major overhaul so everybody kind of understood it 
not just the the Bears front office, the and maybe some of the players, maybe some of them did, but I think everybody in town knew what last season had to be in order to build things up. It's it's a really interesting time, and I guess we'll we'll just we'll, we'll touch on this and and we'll go away from it very quickly because I know a lot of Bears fans, not just in Ireland but in the UK as well, Adam. Uh, maybe feeling a little bit down over the last few weeks. A lot of rumors came out whenever we were in Phoenix for the Super Bowl that the Bears were going to play the Chiefs in Germany. We may have asked certain people and we were given very dead stare responses. There was nothing said. And then what, what, just whenever we first conversed on the email, we were like, I was still pretty much expecting that to be going for Frankfurt. Then it all comes out that the Chiefs have asked that game to be protected. We've got the Chiefs um, who are marketing wise in the UK. I will say as someone, I went to the, the I was at the meet, at, at the Monday night game against the Vikings a couple of years ago in Soldier Field. And I find it very hard for the Bears to give up a home game, even if it is an extra one in Soldier Field next year. But I'm sure fans shouldn't be too disappointed because it's it's inevitable that it's going to happen over the next few years. It'll be in England or Germany. Yes. You know, the interesting about the Bears in like international games is that their chairman, George McCaskey, there's another Irish name for you, like, He's on the international committee in terms of the, the team owners. So he's got a strong say in a lot of things that happen. And I've always told this to people who, who, who ask, you know, about the Bears international games and even like hard knocks in a sense applies here because whatever the Bears want, they sort of get because they're, they're an original team. The, the league wouldn't exist without them. The, the McCaskies, Virginia McCaskey is treated with reverence. So whatever the Bears kind of want to do, they kind of get. And they do want to go overseas. George McCaskey is very interested in, in growing the game and going overseas. But I don't know. It just has to work out for them in a way. When I was at the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, the sense I got there is didn't look like it. And I was kind of surprised to see some reports out of Germany that you know, this could be coming to fruition. It just didn't seem everything that I was hearing wasn't lining up. But yeah, I, I would say in the next year or two, you'd see the Bears over there again. I don't think it's going to be one of their Bears games. I understand what the Chiefs were thinking because Bears fans travel like that could have turned into like a home like game for the Bears in Germany because that's what happened when the Bears faced um, the Raiders in, in, in England, in London. That just happens. Bears fans travel. Bears fans are kind of not just nationwide, but worldwide. And they travel to see their team. Even just around here, they go to Green Bay. They go everywhere. Um, I expect some games this, this season to be full of Bears fans. But, yeah, in the next couple of years, I would say, yeah, be patient. But I'm always interested to see what the Bears kind of want, what the preferences are in terms of choosing that game, if that fits best for them. Um. So moving forward, look, we might, maybe we will see them in a couple of years and that might be a good thing because we might be seeing a, a much further developed Chicago Bears team. Um, Justin Fields could be central to that. I suppose a big thing going into this offseason will be building around Justin Fields. They've done that in terms of investing in the front five. Um, they signed Gerd, Nate Davis uh, in free agency and of course spent the first round draft pick on Darnell Wright. How's that unit looking coming into this season? Um, and do you think they will be better suited to improve on what was a bit of a lackluster performance last year? Yeah, on paper, they look better. The The talent upgrades are pretty obvious. Justin Fields is going to have a whole new right-starting offensive line with Nate Davis at right guard, Darnell Wright, the 10th overall pick at right tackle. You're moving Cody Whitehair to center. So that 
you know, those three spots are different. Actually, four spots are different if you consider Tevin Jenkins moving from right guard to left guard. So you have four new starters in that offensive line. And you know what? The Bears' offensive line was blamed for a lot. And, Justin, you know, Justin Fields took a lot of those sacks too, but the personnel had to change. There needed to be upgrades talent-wise, upgrade physicality-wise, upgrade like nasty demeanor-wise. And I think the Bears accomplished that. Like one of my favorite things actually in just how they handled the whole the whole process is giving left tackle Braxton Jones some continuity on the left side. Instead of drafting like a left tackle prospect like a Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, they went the right tackle, you know, the, the surefire right tackle and Darnell Wright on the right side, which allows Braxton Jones to now stick on the left side to have some some continuity in his career where he's not switching sides, you know, in a second season, learning new footwork and new techniques. So he could settle in. He could take the next step in his career. So I like that aspect of the Bears' decision-making for sure, Jason. It does seem obvious, Adam, in this sense, but when you have Ryan Poles coming out and saying that they really – had Justin Fields heavily involved in this draft process. Just how much does that show their belief in Justin, but more so, you know, crucially for this team going forward, it's a big step for them as well. Yeah. The, you're talking about the investment in Justin Fields, just like that, mm-hmm. that sign of faith. Yeah, yeah. There were, there were some rumblings that, you know, maybe the bears would use the first overall pick on a, on a quarterback and go down that route. But you know what? I think Justin Fields earned the right last year to play with some better players. Like, his help was not good. Forget the offensive line. His receiving core was not good. They needed to upgrade, like, personnel-wise, like, across the offense. And I think the way he played, the toughness, learning a new offensive system in his second season under Luke Getze, the Bears' offensive coordinator, really getting a grasp for what he's able to do in the NFL with his own athleticism, being this dynamic runner if the pass isn't there, you know, taking off running and using his own talent, his own speed to really move the ball down the field and help be that that spark for the Bears offense. Like he earned the right to play with some better players. And I think the Bears saw that. Matt Eberflus saw that. He, he really endeared himself to Matt Eberflus with his toughness. I think you saw it with Ryan Poles just in his own decision-making and with trading for DJ Moore, making sure he got the number one wide receiver and that, that pick with the, the first overall pick with the Panthers was really telling. You wanted to help. He wanted to help Justin Fields immediately, not just have some young rookie wide receiver learning on the job with Justin Fields, but drafting that, or, or acquiring a surefire proven wide receiver who was produced with bad quarterback play in Carolina. Like the, the pairing right there, I think, should take off. Uh, you could be optimistic about that many ways but I, if, if you're coming just in terms of mindset and approach and the process of the bears i think they all believe in what justin fields did last year and they want to see him take the next step with some better help around him yeah that connection fields and dj moore is definitely going to be a fun one to watch um on the opposite side of the field then as well they've invested a significant amount of capital into the the defensive trenches so three to ten draft picks for defensive tackles um, of course, you have a, a couple of signings in free agency. You have Edwards and Edmonds at linebacker. Clearly, these are moves that are designed uh, to improve a team that struggled quite a bit in the rush defense last season. Um, should we expect some big improvements in that regard? <laughs> you hope so. I, I think the, the major storyline is that 
the Bears have to invest in Justin Fields. Like you need you need answers about Justin Fields. But let's not forget the Bear, that the Bears, a team, a franchise that's known for defense, had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. Second to last against the run. Dead last in rushing the passer. Just a bad defensive unit talent-wise across the board. He had some young players learning in the back end there, but yeah, you needed upgrades personnel-wise. You saw the moves of free agency with TJ Edwards and Trey Mann Edmonds, but then you had to invest in the trenches. And, and I get that taking defensive linemen, taking offensive linemen, like those aren't sexy moves. I get it. Everybody wants the skill positions. Everybody wants the touchdown scores and whatnot. Everybody wants the guy who could go up and get it and make these highlight real plays. But you can't win if you're bad in the trenches. And I think the Bears saw that. I think last year is full of examples of losing in the trenches. And that's what you got in the draft. That's what you got in free agency on both sides of the ball up front. And he does, Ryan Poles does still have $30 million to, to play with or there and thereabouts in cap space. Do you think they're going to continue uh, looking to bolster that side of the ball? Now he and was on the radio the other day, and yeah, you know what? He's been very mindful with his with his spending, Jason. But I think he realizes that he still needs a defensive end. Now that player may have to come via trade. He said that on the radio recently here in Chicago, just last week. We'll see if that comes to, to fruition. But yeah, if there's one glaring area of need on the Bears roster right now, it's defensive end. It's pass rusher. I don't think they have that one guy who could really shut down a passing offense in third and long situations. They need help. They need youth and help in, in that area, but they may come like the best help, like the best long-term help for that position may come next year in the draft though. We're going to talk about the schedule for the Bears in the next question, but I'll just generally first off, just look at the NFC North in general, Adam. I mean, like the Packers and their situation, the Lions, can they take a jump up? What exactly will happen in Minnesota this year? Will they take a drop back? Um, the, the division overall is in a really intriguing place for a neutral fan looking at the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is gone, Michael. Like the, the witch is dead or living in New York <laughs> City now. It's, it's different. Uh, it's, you know, here in Chicago, at least on the Hogan Johns podcast, we, we don't think Jordan Love is going to be very good. You know, if he was very good, I think he'd be the starter two years ago. And we don't have this saga that that is Aaron Rodgers, you know, back and forth. Yeah. You know, we, we don't have the storylines of him going into some darkness retreats and whatnot, trying to figure out what he wants to do in his career. Or like, what's next for him personally? Like, those storylines don't exist if Jordan Love is a good quarterback. So if he happens to be a good quarterback, uh, Hogan Johns will have to eat their words, but that is Chicago's, that is Detroit's, that is Minnesota's worst nightmare because they've gone from Brett Favre, first ballot Hall of Famer, to Aaron Rodgers, first ballot Hall of Famer. And I can't even list you all the quarterbacks like off the top of my head that have played for the Bears. I've covered this team, Michael, for a decade, more than a decade. And the, the number of quarterbacks that have started, gosh, I want to say it's at least 15. Jay Cutler gave the Bears some continuity, but even if you go Pass Cutler, it's it's not good. It's not a good quarterback history. It's just not. And the same thing applies to Detroit. I get that Kirk Cousins has given the, the Vikings some stability, but you know it's Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. So I would say that the NFC North is wide open right now, and it looked wide open even last year with Aaron Rodgers playing, 
you know, with the Packers. I think the end was was kind of near, but yeah, just in general, with Aaron Rodgers gone, this division is wide open for the taking. It really is because if anyone's listening to this podcast, folks, and Adam, you've seen the schedule for the Bears. You open up against the Packers and then the Bucks, two teams of question marks. An interesting stretch in October. Who knows what the Broncos are going to be like? <laughs> the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders. And then when you look at the last um, few games of the seasons when you know teams may have that season over and they may be looking at the draft, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Packers, Many question marks here. I looked at that schedule and I haven't got the strength in front of me, Adam, but I'm thinking, man, Chicago in the NFC North this year. Now, we're not, like, Jason, we're not doing our preview here right now, but my God, man, I'm going to have to sit back over the next month and really think how I feel this Bears team could, could go this year because that's a really nice schedule in comparison to some of the years they've had. Yeah, you could talk yourself into a lot of wins. I think their strength <laughs> of schedule is like 17th or 18th. So it's not exactly... A daunting challenge for the Bears this year. And for me, when I'm making game picks and it's a close game and it's the, the the line, the betting line is tight, sometimes you just have to look at the quarterback because that's what this league is about now. It's that quarterback position. And you can talk yourself into thinking that Justin Fields is the better quarterback in more than half of these games, more than half of them. Even when you get to games like uh, against the Browns or against the Cardinals, like you mentioned, he could be better at that point than a Deshaun Watson or a Kyler Murray. He could be if everything goes well, if the receiving core takes the step that he needs it to, to, to take, or he takes the next step in his own development in terms of getting the ball out quicker and going through his progressions. You can talk yourself into quite a few wins for the Bears. I think when we did our exercise on, on Hogan Johns, I had the Bears going 10 and 7, and I had to like stop myself because that seems completely unrealistic, almost too optimistic if, if i'm being honest but i do think the bears like their floor is probably seven wins their ceiling is probably 10 wins maybe 11 if things go right but that seven to 10 win range just looking at things in mid-may here you could talk me into that it, it obviously doesn't take long for for patience to wear thin in the nfl adam um no. they've had the long leash last season with uh, you, as you said, the city was delighted with, with, a, with a down year. Um, but will the pressure be on from week one this season? Uh, the expectations clearly seem to be rising. The roster is looking better around him, particularly for the likes of Justin Fields, who's entering yeah. his third season. You really want to capitalize on that rookie contract. Yeah, the, the evaluation for him is different because it is his second year in Luke Getze's offense. So that, that connection helps. He has a better offensive line. He has better receivers. He has Cole Komet, who is emerging as a, a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. He has DJ Moore to take over that receiving room. He's got a better backfield. So there's a lot of reasons to think that Justin Fields could take that next step. And if he doesn't, Jason, well, you got two first-round picks next year to, to, to pivot. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Bears fans want to go down that road yet, but it's it's definitely there. And after this season, the Bears have to decide whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option. So just contractually speaking, this is a big year for Justin Fields, an important year for Justin Fields, an important year for the Bears as a franchise because they have to make a decision basically two years ahead of time here. Now, you could always you know, back out of certain things like that, but 
it's an important year for Justin Fields. And you say that knowing the Bears have two first-round picks, one of which belongs to the Panthers, which could be a top-five pick with a very good quarterbacks class coming out in 2024. So that's an extra storyline kind of, you know, laying in the weeds all season long for the Chicago Bears. Get me really intrigued, but the Bears, man, I, I have to say, Adam, for, for people listening to this, we, we, we definitely appreciate um, the time. I, I know it's maybe a lull in the off season, but, you know, guys like yourself are still very, very busy, or if it's downtime, whatever, we, we, do, we do appreciate you, you, you taking this time. You, you have just on, on this final question, I know you've sort of talked around this in, in different answers. Um, we sit here in May. What is the realistic expectation for the Bears team this year? It, if you had a scenario that the fans would grab and run for the hills, as we say, would it be to you know make a jump, maybe get to a wild card, or what would it be like for you? I, I think naturally you're going to see improvement with Fields just because of experience. You're going to see some of that play out almost immediately. And I think by the middle of the season, uh, you're going to see that passing game come to life almost by, I don't want to say by accident, but just because they've improved so much just in terms of the caliber of players around them. Now, whether or not that means Justin Fields is taking the the steps the Bears want to see in his development, I think you need a full full season to evaluate that. But like, if Justin Fields delivers a season like Mitch Trubisky delivered in his second season with the Bears, Pro Bowl alternate caliber season where the numbers look good, 95.2 passer rating, ran for a, a lot of yards. Fields could probably run for more than Trubisky. We know he can. He's got the talent. He's, he's a better player overall than Mr. Trubisky is. Like if he de- delivers a season that feels like that, then I think you're talking about the Bears finally having their their long-term answer at quarterback. Like, that's the big storyline hanging over the Bears, and, and, and that's everything. Like, best case, 10 wins, they're in the hunt all year because this division's wide open. I, I think I think that's going to be pretty pretty easy for them to stay in the hunt. I think they could do that. But in terms of, like, the long-term hope, if Justin Fields is, is good, and I think you will see some of that progress, then the Bears have finally solved – a long-standing problem for this entire franchise dating back all the way back to Sid Luckman some 60 years ago. With all due respect to Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a Broncos fan, I have a, a very you know soft spot for Jay Cutler, and I'll say no more. Um, we won't see you in Frankfurt in the press box to say hello, Adam, but you know certainly wish you the very, very best this season. And you're welcome on at any point, if it's this time next year, whatever, to come on and talk some bears. I know there's a lot of Bears fans in Ireland, especially that, that listen into the different podcasts and recommend for any NFL fan to listen to Adam's podcast, the Hodge and John's podcast, available on your podcast provider now at Adam John's. Adam, um, raise a glass or raise a pint again for us in Chicago, and I will get over to Giordano's. Is it quite soon again? I can't wait. Best city where, in America for me. Hands down. Where are you going? Chicago? I've pronounced it wrong, haven't I? Yeah. Wait, wait, no, where are you going in Chicago? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going. I, oh, I okay. hope I can go soon. I, I went to the pizza place that was downtown. It's really famous. Giordano's, yeah. Giordano's. There it is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. So Actually, good. one one question, Adam. Will we have you here? I, I was I was lucky enough to visit Chicago about ten years ago, and I just have this lasting memory 
of walking up to a hot dog vendor <laughs> asking for ketchup and just receiving the biggest look of disgust I've ever seen. Yeah. Why am I not allowed to order a hot dog with ketchup in Chicago? It's tradition. Do they throw the, the ketchup packets at you until you get out of there? <laughs> yeah, something like that. A few curse words as well. <laughs> yeah, so the Chicago-style hot dog is mustard only with green relish, onions, chopped tomatoes, um, some celery salt, and sport peppers, maybe a pickle on top. No ketchup. Um, now, if you're a kid, you can have ketchup on your hot dog, but <laughs> the adults get the, the ketchup packets thrown at you. I must have missed the threshold at 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been fine. Shame on us then in Chicago. <laughs> I will say just to end the podcast, folks, if you haven't been to Chicago or if you're an NFL fan and you want to go to a game, go to Soldier Field. It is like, it's like Croker back in the day, but like it's like the, the most classic stadium. It's incredible. It's so hard to get to find your way around it, but it's it's amazing. Uh, Adam, hopefully we'll see you there someday. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, man, for your time. We will chat to you soon. So thank you so much. Anytime, fellas. Michael, Jason, see ya.